sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, July 23rd. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and from the basement, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, giving out winners as we put the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. And Kev, this is a big day. I've been talking about my excitement all week. This was huge. Today is the last day of the group stage in the MLS's back tournament. Yesterday, we had the beginning of NBA scrimmages. We saw literally, you know, like Clippers and Magic on the bottom, and it was live, for goodness sakes. And, of course, today in Major League Baseball is opening day. Cracker Jacks, Stealth Bombers, first pitch ceremonial aspects, weather permitting. So we will get into all of that. Kevin, how are you feeling today? Good. I'm going to, no one, let's not think about the weather. It's so 2020. We're not thinking about it. Don't want to talk about it. It's not real. Clear skies. It's opening day. It's very, very exciting. Yes, we're going to hit this MLS bag tournament. We had Cam with us yesterday. He set us up lovely for a very exciting 3M uh, golf tournament. We're, we're back in the swing of things, man. We, we absolutely are. It's, uh, it's exciting. There's a lot. We're telling you, Dane, we're getting close all of a sudden. Oh, there's way too much on. I can't keep up. I know, right? Absolutely. I mean, like, you know. All right, so here we go. There were big things, right? And it's, here's the thing. For months, Kev, we were talking about this in April. We were talking about this in May, how, like, when it all comes back, we're going to be double and triple booked. And now, you know, that's the way I feel trying to do a show. But we start today with some of the big time action in the MLS is back tournament. I remember yesterday, Kev, we were saying that there was a big time battle here for some of the third place teams. And, you know, me personally, as an NYCFC fan, you know, I was heavily invested in it. In the first matchup yesterday, Sporting KC got a victory over RSL. They did so by a 2-0 final. And I think it's interesting because now with that win, Sporting KC went from like third place in the group all the way to winning the group they finished with six points minnesota got a um minnesota tied with colorado last night they finished second in group d real salt lake didn't get the job done they lose to nothing but they do have four points and so with four points we believe that will be one of the third place teams they're pretty much locked in to be one of the third place teams that will in fact qualify for the knockout stage however kevin you have to know that the big game and the game that i was looking at the game that i know you were looking at we were texting about it was last night when cincinnati took on the red bulls to reset everything here and i know kevin you have this as well it was the it was the the third place team and both red bulls and cincinnati we're at three points. We were looking for goal differential. And if you are an NYCFC fan, you got 
what you needed. Cincinnati gets the win. I, I thought one nothing would have been okay. They go ahead and get the W. Two nothing. And now, if you look at the standings in Group E, here's where the help comes. Cincinnati goes all the way up to second place in the group with six points. As I look at Red Bulls now, they finish with three points, and their goal differential at minus three means that they are now behind NYCFC. So we'll talk about the games coming up tonight and if there is another chance. But what do you think about upstart Cincinnati getting the job done? They get two wins in this group. You would not have thought that, especially with Atlanta in the group. Atlanta goes home. It's Columbus and Cincinnati moving on from Group E. Yeah, I, I hate to take away from Cincinnati, but one of my first thoughts, Dane, is that you have to give Columbus a bit more credit here, right? You have to, you know... That 4 nothing win, we were like, ah, played Cincinnati, not much to think about. Cincinnati hasn't been scored on since that game. A one nothing win over Atlanta, and then 2 nothing last night over a Red Bulls team that I know you like, I know I like. You know, I, I jumped on uh, last night in game five. Stewart liked, a lot of people like this Red Bulls team. But Cincinnati just looked better. They just yeah. looked like the better team. And you're absolutely right. Like, we thought that the difference maker, if it were to be a Cincinnati win, you would you would think it would probably be the goals four, and you'd hope that the Red Bulls were shut out. Well, they were, but you didn't expect them to lose by multiple goals to where the goal differential is just only the deciding factor that you needed. The Red Bulls are uh, the only third-place team officially eliminated. Yep, there you go. There you have it. As we welcome back in our radio audience here, right here on the early line, from Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. What we're doing here is recapping that MLS is back tournament. And, you know, four of the six third place teams do in fact get in. And that dividing line right now, just to recap, has NYCFC kind of in that place, right? And NYCFC has three points, but their goal differential is minus two. There are games and, you know, uh, groups that are finishing today, Group B will finish today, Kevin, and Group F will finish today. And in both of those groups, there is the chance for the third place team to be above that NYCFC line. And there is the chance for that third place team to be below the NYCFC line. We got three games in the MLS to discuss. We will break them all down. When we come back, then we turn our attention to live NBA scrimmages that happened yesterday. And of course, in our number two, we have got baseball, the crack of the bat and Cracker Jacks. Hopefully we are off and running. We preview the end of the group stage in the MLS's back tournament. We come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun and functional sports content. And Kev, as the last day of the group stage, where I want to reset, is you're absolutely right. These third place teams, okay, in the six groups, four of them will make it in. Here's what we already know. Real Salt Lake is one of the four third place teams. They are in the Montreal Impact. They are in as one of the you know third place teams. You mentioned it. New York Red Bulls officially out as one of the third place teams. That leaves three groups left to decide for two spots to make it in as for the third place teams. NYCFC is already in the clubhouse with three points and a minus two goal differential. And so now we turn our attention, Kev, to the first game of the day today, which takes place in group B, and it is the Chicago Fire against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Now, right now, the Chicago Fire is that team, Kevin, in third place. They have three points, but they have a minus one goal differential. Vancouver sits at zero with a big time uh, minus four goal differential. How do you see this one playing out? The fire with a point, they will advance and they are minus 200 favorites to do so this morning. Yeah, and really, as you kind of go through the scenarios, it's hard to see there being any help for NYCFC who are on the bubble. Uh, kind of through this outcome here, because even if the fire who are on three points pick up a draw, of course that would be enough, uh, and then the win, all of a sudden uh, they actually would get themselves Seattle would actually move down to the three line. If Chicago were to lose, though, well, what would that mm -hmm. potentially mean? Well, Vancouver then all of a sudden would enter the conversation. It depends on the results here. You'd pretty much would need Vancouver. One nothing. Uh, it would yeah. bring the Fire's goal differential down to minus two. Their goal scored would stay at two, and then you might, you know, depending on uh, the fouls, the yellow cards, that would be the right. tiebreaker. Maybe they get eliminated. If Vancouver win by any more than one goal, their goal differential would go to minus two, uh, where their goals for though would be five or better. So very, very slim margin here for NYCFC to pick up any help from this game. And I don't think the Chicago Fire or the Vancouver Whitecaps are approaching this from the present. How do we help or hurt NYCFC? It's obviously all about themselves. But a minus 200 favorite, it does feel a little steep. Just how we saw things play out last night, especially when you think about um, the NY Red Bulls, I'm hesitant on a minus 200 favorite. All right, fair enough. So we'll see if that does come home or not. You know, the, the one thing you have to remember also, of course, they're not worried about how to help NYC. But remember, these are also counted as regular season games in the table. So both teams will try to be out there getting the full three points, even for a team like Vancouver, if that does not necessarily get them into the knockout stage. At the top, however, of Group F, we have an interesting game. Both of these teams will probably be in. We've got the engine that is LAFC. A lot of people think that they are the offensive juggernaut, even without MVP Carlos Vela. They play the Portland Timbers, LAFC a minus 170 favorite as the two teams do battle at the top 
of Group F. Yeah, very interesting to see them favored by this margin. I, I wonder if you know you could say that Portland is being a little bit disrespected at this price. Maybe they believe though that LAFC have their legs under them after getting draw in the first matchup. Six two, they beat the Galaxy. Might be a little you know worrisome if you're trying to go against this LAFC squad. Although the Timbers, again, who are currently at the top of this table, unbeaten in their two fixtures at plus 360 is interesting. But when you're looking at an LAFC game, Dane, you have to look at the total. Over two and a half goals is minus 270. Over three and a half goals is even money, flat money. And when you look at the two LAFC games, 3-3 against the Dynamo and then 6-2 against the Galaxy, it's hard not to like over three and a half goals in this game when they're involved, just the way that they've played. You consider that the Timbers have scored uh, two goals in each of their first two games. If they bring that same type of production, you'd expect at least two goals from LAFC. Maybe your draw is live. Um, I'd like to think that over three and a half is a very strong draw. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing I would note to counter that, and we've seen some of this, is this is now these teams' third game in what, you know, like a week and a half. And remember, they haven't played in about three or four months, so maybe even with the five substitutions, there are some tired legs, but I'm with you. LAFC has certainly been putting the ball in the back of the net. But Kev, the other game tonight that goes off at 8 o'clock is the game that I will be looking at especially NYCFC fans should be looking at. This is a legitimate opportunity here. The third place team in Group F to finish behind NYCFC, clearing the way for them to be that fourth team in the knockout stage. The Houston Dynamo will play the LA Galaxy. And as we reset the table here, here's what you need to know. The Houston Dynamo right now sit at third place with only one point, and the LA Galaxy have zero. So if this game is a draw, Right. Houston would finish with one. The Gal- I mean, with two, the Galaxy would finish with one. That ain't enough to get the job done. If the L.A. Galaxy win this matchup, they get to three points. Their goal differential right now, though, is at minus five. They would need to win by three goals to get it on the level of NYCFC. But if the Houston Dynamo win, they would get to four points and leapfrog All of those squads with three points, they would make it into the knockout round. As I look at the odds in this one, the Houston Dynamo, who currently sit in that third place spot, they are plus 130 favorites to do so. But it is pretty close, Kev. Remember, NYCFC fans, they need a Galaxy win or a draw, right? And so when I look at the Galaxy at plus 150, And the draw at plus 290 with the Dynamo at plus 130. It seems like there is a shot for those NYCFC fans, but the Dynamo at plus 130 are favored to get the outright win and ultimately advance to the knockout stage. Yeah, there's certainly a shot, which is all you could ask for. And again, who knows? Maybe the fire, uh, you know, Chicago Vancouver game. Vancouver wins one nothing. Maybe it does. But this is the game, of course, that they're going to be looking to. You know, the, the alarms will be set. They're, they're not going to miss this one. You look at the games that these two teams have played. The Dynamo had that 3-3 draw against LAFC, and we said, right. wow, pretty impressive. 
um, for them to be able to pull points away from that game. Then it was a 2-1 defeat at the hand of Portland. Considering this was labeled the group of death, really nothing to be upset about with those results for the Dynamo and being able to get on the score sheet in each of those games is, I think, something they'll be pleased with. Sure. You go to the LA Galaxy, I think, who had a bit higher expectations, right? Like, they would view themselves as more yeah. of a reason why this would be considered a group of death than the Houston Dynamo. Their opening game against Portland, they lose 2-1. Again, you could see at, you know, Portland looks, has looked pretty, pretty impressive, but then the, the, the 6-2 defeat, uh, they conceded four or five consecutive goals in that game against LAFC to lose 6-2. And then on the heels of that, Chicharito is now out of the MLS's back tournament with a calf injury here. Things have kind of started to fall apart a little bit for the LA Galaxy. There's not a lot that would inspire confidence from me on their side, but maybe they have enough pedigree to get the job done. Where I'm drawn to, Dane, is under three and a half goals at minus 128 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. No Chicharito. Ultimately, I think these teams trying to be a little bit more conservative in their attack. I think under three and a half goals at uh, a little bit less than minus 130 is a nice play. That is interesting. Remember, both of these teams will be trying to win and get the full three points. But without Chicharito, we will see what the Galaxy's offense looks like. Hopefully it looks better than Atlanta does without uh, Joseph Martinez. When we come back, though, we have live NBA scrimmages to react to. We do that when we come back right here on the LA Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It may not feel exactly the same, but Major League Baseball is back. Opening day 2020 has finally arrived. The defending champion Washington Nationals are ready to play the New York Yankees, though Mother Nature may have something to say about that. An 80% chance of rain in D.C. along with thunderstorms may postpone opening day there. We're also set for opening night in Los Angeles. The Giants visiting the Dodgers with Johnny Cueto and Clinton Kershaw set to be on the mound. Currently, FanDuel Sportsbook has the Dodgers as a minus 310 money line favorite. According to multiple reports on Wednesday night, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association were having a 11th hour discussion about expanding the 2020 playoffs from 10 teams to 16. The Dodgers announced on Wednesday that they and Mookie Betts had agreed to a contract extension. Terms were not announced, according to Jeff Passan over at ESPN. It's a 12-year, $365 million extension that will keep the former American League MVP from reaching free agency this winter. Combined with the one-year, $27 million contract he's currently playing out, Betts' total comes to 13 years, $392 million. The deal tops the previous extension record of $360 million signed by Mike Trout and includes a record $65 million signing bonus. NBA exhibition games hit our live streams and televisions for the first time since the spring on Wednesday. and We saw a phenomenal output from rookie Bulbul of the Denver Nuggets in the exhibition game. He had 16 points, 10 boards, 
two three-pointers, one assist, and six blocks over 32 minutes. Pacers forward Demonis Sabonis said he hasn't touched the basketball in six days. It does not currently have a timetable for his return. He's dealing with plantar fasciitis. In the NHL, Seattle's NHL franchise should be releasing their team name at some point this morning. A teaser trailer released Wednesday night did prime hockey fans for a big announcement coming today. And in a not-so-surprising story out of the National Football League, or potentially someday again out of the National Football League, Antonio Brown indicated that he would like to play in the NFL again. This was two days ago that he announced his retirement for a third time over the past year. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your SportsGrid News Update. Thanks a lot, Dan, uh, giving us the update there at the bottom of the hour. Kevin, we go to the NBA now. I know you are excited. You love the NBA more than almost anybody I know. And, you know, I was going around the channels and on NBA TV, I saw live action. You know, I saw part of the Clippers and the Magic, and it was just so weird to see these guys and have it not be a replay from 10 years ago or some kind of random, you know, a video game. It was the real players making it happen. And the first game I want to ask you about, Kev, is this Clippers-Magic game. You know, something I was struck by, Kev, with the Clippers. They are so deep, brother man. And I think that's going to be very, very important in this restart, as we know, with everybody being up in the air and questionable people leaving the bubble. You know what I mean? Even though, right, even though uh, Patrick Beverly was gone, even though Montrez Harrell was gone, even though Shemet wasn't there or Zubak wasn't there, they still get efforts out of Lou Williams. They still get efforts out of Paul George. Kawhi Leonard's still there. I completely forgot about guys like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. Even Joachim Noah playing his role there as the Clippers get a nine-point victory over the Magic. Remember, Kev, we got 10-minute quarters here. But to me, my takeaway from this is, man, the Clippers are deep, brother man. Yeah, and look, one of the things that was a little funny is when you see guys that you've mentioned, Reggie Jackson, right, Morris, you go, oh, right, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened, like, right before we closed up shop. And the Clippers tried to continue to add to what was already a pretty loaded arsenal uh, by bringing those guys in. I think one of the other things, though, that, you know, jumped out to me a bit is that Kawhi played the first seven minutes or so. Paul George played um, close to the entirety of that first quarter. Uh, again, 10-minute quarters in the opening scrimmage games. And, you know, look, were they at their tip-top, uh, you know, crispest form? No, not necessarily. But through these three scrimmage games, I, I think they're going to be in funny, fine form. And after the eight regular season games, I, I think by the time we get our playoff bracket that in the NBA day, I don't think we're going to be asking, at least I'm not expecting to say, oh, do you think that they've shaken off the rust? I think the answer will unequivocally be yes. All right, that makes sense. And, you know, they got a lot of guys. I think the depth is very interesting, especially as, you know, for one reason or another, depth will be tested, in my opinion, with people leaving for family emergencies. People are still getting hurt, remember? We always laugh, Kev. You know, injuries do still happen in the normal course 
of action. And I do believe the Clippers are deep enough to be, you know, this kind of war of attrition, last man standing. Another game that was interesting to me, the Denver Nuggets get a W over the Washington Wizards. The score isn't really important, right, Kev? The Nuggets do win 89-82. And ironically, Kev, we were talking about, you know, Nikola Jokic, right, and how he is slimmed down in the post. Well, let me tell you something. There is another Nuggets big man who is pretty slim himself, and it's rookie Bowl Bowl. You know, he impressed the kid out of Oregon, was supposed to be a big pick. Remember, he was hurt a lot of that college basketball season, so people didn't really see the son of Minute Bowl, Bowl Bowl at seven foot two in his Nuggets debut. Listen, 16 points, 10 boards, and six blocks. Nice effort mm. for the rookie. And again, the Nuggets are no joke up front. He was a part of one of the more ridiculous NBA starting lineups I've ever seen. Paul Millsap was the shortest guy on the starting lineup in six days. Jokic was playing point. I mean, Bull Bull was basically playing the three, right, as <laughs> Jeremiah Grant and Mason Plumley made up the rest of that five. The, the interesting thing with Bull Bull is he was, you know, a top five prospect yeah. coming out of high school. When he went to Oregon, you know, and that for if you go back and you watch the first Bowl Bowl Oregon highlight, you'd be like, "Oh, like there's a glitch in the top five pick. The the league is broken. Like this is ridiculous." And there yeah. was a clip in here. He goes down, he gets a block because he's seven two, but then he he puts the handle on, pull up three steps in, and cashes it. That's not supposed to happen, but that's right. the kind of potential that Bowl Bowl does have. You know, will he be able to recognize that full potential to push this Nuggets team over the top? No, I don't think so. Not not in the, you know, three-game scrimmages, eight-game regular season, that the, you know, the playoffs are there. Like, I saw some people saying, does this mean that Bull Bull is now not eligible for Rookie of the Year next season? A little baseball-esque here. Get a couple games under his belt. And he should still <laughs> yeah. be eligible if the award has closed. But could this guy come out there and give them some big minutes? I mean, you want to talk about a matchup tight. It's a guy who's 7-2 and, you know, pretty athletic. Now, pulling him out to the perimeter could be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to recover that you have when you're 7-2 with the wingspan that Bull Bull has is incredibly impressive. I do think it's also just worth mentioning Wizards were competitive in this game. I know it's a scrimmage. I know the Nuggets weren't that full go. But one of the things that we're going to be following with this Wizards team is how close they can keep it. Think about it like this. They lost by seven points to the Nuggets. They are seven and a half point dogs in that opening game to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, you know, Kev, you know, you talk about what Bull Bull does and is if he is a cheat code, you know, I think that's the way the NBA is going. Remember, we've been talking about this. At one point in time, Christoph Porzingis was known as a unicorn because he had a similar skill set at the seven foot, you know, kind of mark. But more and more of this is happening. Maybe part of the impetus as well for Jokic to drop all that weight because the traditional big man in the pivot doesn't necessarily uh, take place anymore. You mentioned, Kev, that the Wizards kept it competitive and that was something you were looking for. Well, the same cannot be said, Kev, of the Brooklyn Nets. They were playing the Pelicans sans Zion Williamson, but yet the Pelicans still boat race the Nets, get it done by 30. I'm not looking at results as much, but I see Pelicans 99, Nets 68. What does that say to you for the level of competitiveness of this Brooklyn team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, there are two guys that are going to make the difference for them. There's really only so much those guys 
so instantly. Uh, Jared Allen is going to have a lot on his plate. Uh, he had a double-double in this game, fair enough, but there's no depth behind him at big. And when he comes off the court, um, Dan, I think that might be just a, a straight, like, if you're watching a Nets game, you see Jared Allen sub out, you got to go look at the live line and see if you've got mm. an opportunity there because the opposing team then might be set to go on a run. There's just no rim protection anymore once he leaves the court. And by the way, I mean, Jared Allen still has his issues with foul trouble, wanting to, you know, block superstars, which he does to his credit, but sometimes that gets you kind of put in a bad spot. The other guy is Karis LeVert, and part of the reason this score was as ugly as it was is Karis LeVert was pretty terribly It's okay, it's a scrimmage game, but it's noteworthy. In his 22 minutes of action, he just shot, he shot 5 of 18 from the field, 18 attempts in 22 minutes. That's going to be the norm. Harris LeVert might lead the NBA restart in attempts. He is by far and away the best scoring option that this team is going to be offering. And continuously, Harris LeVert point props are going to be a talking point game. Mm. Fascinated to see where they post that number for that first game against the Orlando Magic. Again, if he put up 18 attempts in 22 minutes, if the Nets right. are full go in that game against Orlando, he plays 35 minutes. We might be talking about a James Harden-esque workload for Karis LeVert. On attempts alone, then, I might have to be playing over his points prop on opening night. Yeah, that makes sense. He's sort of like the last man standing in terms of scoring options for the Brooklyn Nets that will actually be there in the restart. We know about a lot of the guys that won't be there for opting out, injury, or other reasons. Last game uh, that took place yesterday, Kev, the Heat 104-98. Over the Kings, we know Bam Adebayo was not necessarily uh, on and going just yet. We know De'Aaron Fox and some others on the Kings are missing in action. But what did you mine from this game, Heat's Kings? I think this game kind of served for me as maybe the answer to my question of why FanDuel didn't post any lines for these games. Because you can't really justify it and say it's exhibition. It's on a summer camp line. You know, Brewers, White Sox, I don't even know who's starting for either team. But you right. look at it, and there's just so much up in the air, right? Like, especially, Dane, right, if we were to talk about teams that have kind of been uh, thrown off base with the restart, right? Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn just got mm -hmm. to Orlando. You think about the Kings, who, you know, saw a couple of guys get coronavirus. Uh, they actually did have Buddy Hield in this game. He scored 19 points off the bench, which is certainly um, something to note. But no De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes recently testing positive here. Uh, so it was a back-and-forth affair, and very, very high scoring, by the way. You know, 104.98 over you know, 40 minutes. You, you know, you start, you know, doing the prorating of what that would be over sure. the full 48. Super high-scoring game between these teams. Um, but that was kind of something that jumped out to me, and as we look at it right now, uh, you know, FanDuel does not have lines posted uh, for the three or four games, four games that are going to be getting underway. Yeah, we got four games. Today. And I think they're probably just trying to give themselves a, a little bit of breathing room here, maybe not force the issue, especially with the 10-minute quarters. Yeah. Then that will throw you off with the totals a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make a good point, right? We still have to figure out how people are adjusting to the 10-minute quarters. And in these scrimmages, we have no idea 
how coaches are going to play it. You mentioned being surprised, mm-hmm. right, that like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were actually out there and playing some minutes. I think there's so much variance here in terms of coaching decisions on minutes, in terms of what kind of shape these guys are in. It would be very interesting. It's almost like the All-Star game, right? You mentioned that kind of Kobe Bryant scoring. We see it in the TBT as well. Who knows what we are going to see? But, Kev, when we come back, as you mentioned, there are four scrimmages going on today. Two of them will be on NBA TV as well. I want to get any kind of things. What are you watching for in these games when we come back? We also have, you know, we got the golf tournament with with Cam we talked about it yesterday. It is teeing off in a few minutes. We'll remind you of some of the plays to make in that one when we come back as well. It is not only basketball. We got, you know, we got tournaments in golf. We'll get you winners when we come back right here on the early line. We'll come back. Hopefully you will be as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. Kev, we saw, like, legitimate live NBA action yesterday, albeit for only 10 minutes a quarter, albeit there was some sloppiness there, albeit the new court is very busy, in my opinion, and takes some getting used to, uh, but that's a different story for a different day. But it looks like, have you have been able to mine for some nuggets here in what you're seeing in the scrimmage, whether it's good rookie performances, whether it's some teams that are being more competitive than others, whether it's remembering guys like, you know, Reggie Jackson and Marquise Marcus Morris for the Clippers. So I want to turn our attention to some of the games that will take place. And I guess the big one, right, is anytime LeBron and the Lakers are in action, you said you were a little surprised to see Kawhi play heavy minutes or not heavy minutes, but legit minutes, right? Same with Paul George. The Lakers are in action today. Tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time against Dallas. Do you expect LeBron to play um, Anthony Davis to get big minutes, Luka Doncic, Kristaps? Do you expect them to really get rolling and starting to get into the flow? Yeah, and that's and that was kind of the thing, right? So it's not even, a, right, like you said, it's not that Kawhi went out there and played, you know, put in a 35-minute shift. Right. It was just he played the first seven or so minutes of the game, and I was like, all right, that's kind of a, a normal-ish type of shift and they and they might move things around it just gives you're trying to get a sense of what these opening games are going to look like here and the lakers are a big team to look at from that perspective right they're going to be throwing out a different starting lineup than the one that they closed the regular you know the the old season with basically because there's no more avery bradley so that's a big change and that'll i think be something to look for but of course you're going to look towards kind of the shape that LeBron looks to be in. Does he look quick? Kind of the the energy level uh, energy level that you're getting there. But also Luka Doncic, Dan. Like, very, very important yeah. that you brought that up. Luka was somebody that we had heard from his trainer a month or so ago. Like, yeah, Luka's not in shape yet, but we've got plenty of time. 
And they are correct. You do have plenty of time, right? From, you know, I'm sure he's been training. He's now been back in the bubble, getting himself uh, situated and ready to go. But, you know, it's not always that easy to just be in NBA game shape. And if Luka looks a step off, that will be noteworthy. Okay, fair enough. So all eyes will be on the phenom, probably the third choice for MVP. Is that fair to say also, uh, Kevin? He may be the third, maybe fourth choice for MVP with a tremendous season so far. All eyes will be on Luka. I also want to see how KP looks. Remember, he was doing some body sculpting, shall we say, in the offseason. I'm excited to see how he looks as well. A little bit different than the way Jokic was doing it, though. Action kicks off in the bubble today with the San Antonio Spurs and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, you mentioned, Kev, that the Lakers lineup will look a little bit different, especially in the backcourt, right? Avery Bradley not there. Rajon Rondo won't be there to see what that rotation looks like. I'm interested to see what the Bucks backcourt rotation looks like as well. Bledsoe we know about. Connington we know about, right? So I want to see what the Bucks backcourt looks like. Oh, yeah, and if these Lopez brothers are still draining threes from the wall. <laughs> And if they're still wrestling before games as well, right. uh, I'd, I'd like that update too. And the big thing for me with like sitting in Milwaukee, Milwaukee going into this game against the Spurs, right, is do they blitz them? Because this is the kind of team that they can blitz a little bit, right? Like if they right. want to get out there and just Well, what's early... the motivation to do that, though, Kev? Really, wh- why would they do that? What's, what's in it for them? And that's because I, I, I think if you're the Bucks. It's similar to why I want to see how they approach that first game against the Celtics is do they want to send a message, a bit of a reminder? You know, they did limp into the close right. of that season. They lost well, to the Lakers. That's exactly what happened. That's why limp is, is the perfect word. They <laughs> lost to the Lakers, and then he got banged up. Then they went to Phoenix without Giannis and got obliterated. So, you know, this team, I'm sure, would like to get back to some type of winning ways. Are they going to say, ah, okay, cool, we can win the title because we beat the Spurs, or, oh, no, if they only win by three points against? No, of course not. It's just those first seven minutes. And that maybe, Dane, is one of the full takeaways, I guess, from that opening game or opening day of games, is that just the first seven minutes, it's everybody's starters are out there for the most part, or at least the starters they have with them and that's kind of the first feeling out process that you want to go through and see how guys look no absolutely you know you mentioned kind of the first time you see them out there remember they're got to get reps together you know especially some of these teams that have new pieces we mentioned the clippers right brought in new rotational pieces right before the shutdown. They have to build their own chemistry. They got to know what their cuts look like. They got to know where to set screens. You know, they they are still building chemistry if they want to go far in these playoffs. Another matchup that I think is intriguing, I'm going to have my eye on two specific players on this one. When the Portland Trailblazers play the Indiana Pacers, you know, Kev, Victor Oladipo, has been a player, Kev, that we've been going back and forth with. Will he play? Will he not play? He feels good. I don't want to risk it. I'm rehabbing, yet I played some games before the shutdown. You know, a lot of eyes have been on Victor Oladipo, but I got to tell you the truth, Kev. My eyes will be on a player on the other side as long as he is playing. One of the bigger returning names for me 
is the big man in the middle for Portland and Nurkic. Um, you know, I think he is underrated. We know about the backcourt in Portland, okay? But with Nurkic coming back, I believe also uh, the young Zach Collins coming back for mm-hmm. them. This Portland front court can be interesting. A lot of people think, I know they may just get in on the bottom, but they have the talent to be live. What do you think is the impact of the big pivot Nurkic in the middle for Portland? Honestly, Dan, you couldn't be more right. If you could only pick one of these games to watch and try and pull away from, this is the game to watch for all of the reasons you've listed. Portland, like, I don't think we've stressed this enough. Portland brings back Nurkic, who was, you know, a part of a big three for them. But what does that mean? Well, it means Hassan Whiteside is now, what, going to come off the bench? From what we've seen from Whiteside's career, I don't know how that lands for him. Little weird. I need to know how that looks. Also, we've not seen your, you know, Yusuf Nurkic in over a year. Uh, how does he look? Are the, are, are the passes crisp? Is the jump mm-hmm. shot wet? Is he get, able to get up and down the court? Those are all incredibly relevant questions that we're not going to get complete answers to in this opening game. But if he looks great, well, then it's hard to That's say, right. oh, well, then how's he going to look? Like, he's got a lot of runway. And if he looks terrible, then it's just a note. And then I need to watch them the next time that they're going to head out there for a scrimmage matchup and uh, against uh, the Raptors on Sunday. And we'll follow along accordingly. But if he looks great, cool. Like, that's what we're going to have to follow. Nurkic, especially close. Same with Zach Collins. How does Damian Lillard look? Because he's one yeah. of the most important players when we get back. And then again, on the other side, Victor Oladipo, Nate McMillan saying yesterday he expects him to play in this game. Hello? What what right. what did I miss? So I guess he's officially yeah. in, huh? On the restart, but like I, mean, I don't even know if he like is he going to play scrimmages <laughs> and then still see? Are we still figuring out this three million dollars and then he might right. be out? Like I don't know, but apparently Victor Oladipo is expected to play in this game, and if that's the case, well, he's been taught. There's been a lot of talk from his side, and, and look, you know, I'm not saying that it's not justified, but I need to know that he's looks in great shape. Couldn't look better. He's been training so hard. All right. Right. Well, let's see it then, Vic. I need to know. If Victor Oladipo goes out there, Dane, all of a sudden in the first quarter, you know, gives me eight points all of a sudden, like off the bat quick, rips them off. Yeah. I'll take notice then, you know, and, and I'll start to go ahead and take a little bit longer look at that opening game that they have against the 76ers. You could not be more right. This is the game that you will have the most takeaways from on this Thursday slate. Yeah, can I ask you also, um, they still got Carmelo, right? I mean, he's yeah. still on that. Skinny Melo. Well. That's what I'm saying. So, honestly, and I don't mean to be silly here, but, you know, McCollum and Lillard in the back one. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony, Zach Collins, and Yusuf Nurkic. That's a legitimate starting five in the West. You know, we're not even talking about Whiteside, who you mentioned, you know, I know Ariza's not there, but that's a decent five. I think Collins plays a role there with that team. That's a legitimate front court. One of the best backcourts in the NBA. What's the ceiling for this Portland team? It's tough to say. I mean, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Now they yeah. were swept out of the Conference Finals. Fine. Um, by the Durantless Warriors and the Blazers had leads in all of those games and they just kept giving them back. It's hard to say what the ceiling is for this team. I, I 
look, can Melo go out there and contribute? Yes, right? And skinny Melo is now a thing. I guess he'll replace hoodie Melo. It could be game time at any game, at any point in time, it could be game time. My worry, though, Dane, is that's the only way they win games, is game time. Because I'm not really? sure okay. how fair it is to expect Nurkic to come back and contribute at a high level. Defensively, there's not a lot that, that's being offered. Like, Nurkic's first game's back, not really the most agile on the perimeter center. Zach Collins is a center who's now going to be playing the four. Melo's the right. perimeter defender. Like, Melo's guarding your LeBron, right. your Kawhis. Oh, no, that's not what we wanted. And McCollum and Lillard's valued is all tied to what they bring offensively. So that's what it comes down to for Portland. Now, they have an X factor. They have a top 10 player in the NBA, period, in Damian Lillard. And, and it's not like McCollum can't go off. You know, at any point in time, as 100%. well. One quarter. But, it's almost like the Splash Brothers, right? Where Steph gets all the love, but Clay Thompson can go for thirty in a quarter. That's kind of what yeah. McCollum is for me. I, and look, and the thing is, like, it's not that just like McCollum will do his part, right? Nurkic is having a good game, but it's like, oh, Damian Lillard scored fifty, we win. Like, and right. that's a thing. Like, that's not even hyperbole. There was a stretch where Damian that's- Lillard was just oozing fifty points which is preposterous, but that's what he was doing. So it will be exciting to watch this team. They're one of the more fascinating teams, and they have one of the most important opening games. Like Their game, Dane, is against the Grizzlies, that first game for the restart. They win, you're two and a half back. Who knows? Maybe you get yourself that eighth spot, put a little fear into Memphis, lose that game, you're now Four and a half back, out of play in range. Maybe one or both of the Kings and the Pelicans jump you in the standings. So the Blazers, maybe more than any team here, have the most to figure out in these three scrimmage games. All right, their win total for those uh, the, the restart games is three and a half plus money to the over. I kind of think, like you mentioned, it could be game time at any point in time. Kev, we only got like a minute left here before we got to go to break. There is one other game tonight. Um, It is Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. Are all eyes going to be on the uh, relationship between Rudy Gobert and Spider Mitchell? Absolutely. I I mean, these are two of the more interesting teams, I think, coming into this one. Again, no Bogdanovich for the Jazz. You know, Royce O'Neal, maybe the easy answer as far as inserting into the starting lineup. Uh, potentially, it depends. We'll see how they want to play it. Is Mike Conley still a starter for this team, uh, or yeah. you know, a bench guy? Makes that money to me. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, but that'll be interesting to follow, no doubt about it. Um, but also for the Phoenix Suns, I just think it's a little underrated. I'm not sure how much they care about this restart, and I, that's one of the things that I'm going to be trying to to get a grasp on when it comes to the Suns throughout these uh, scrimmage games. All right, fair enough. Well, we have four scrimmages, 10-minute quarters, but live action from the NBA inside the bubble. When we come back, Kev, there is a big-time agent in the NFL starting to chirp. I'll tell you what he had to say when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. Kevin, hour number two is coming up on us. And when we come back in that hour, it'll be all baseball all the time. It is opening day, Cracker Jacks, huge flags, first pitches. We will get to all of that and give you everything we need to know. I did find one thing in the NFL I thought was interesting here as we have a minute or two. You know, super agent Drew Rosenhaus got a new client and his name is Devontae Freeman. This is one of these running backs we've been talking about who's been flirting with teams. Check out this quote. From Drew, Kevin, we want to work out a deal in the immediate future, and we are open to any team, says Drew Rosenhaus. He says he's healthy, in shape, and I'm on a mission to help him give a team a lift in late July. Okay, that means they want Devontae Freeman to put pen to paper, it looks like, before training camp. And I think Freeman is smart to try to do so. Remember, there's a pandemic going on, so any kind of money you can get right now would be beneficial. You think Freeman can still help the team, Kev? Well, I think the big thing here is that, you know, Devonta Freeman was offered a deal, reportedly turned it down. Then right. he uh, and his agent parted ways. He's now signed on with Rosenhaus. I think Rosenhaus was like, hey, don't do that again. Let's get on a team. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? And, you know, they put this out here. Like, if you look at it, right, like, we just want to work out a deal in the immediate future. There's no crazy demands there. There's no... You know, oh, Devonta right. Freeman needs to be your starting back. Devonta Freeman commands $10 million, $5 million, like nothing like that. So if the asking price ha has changed drastically, then Devonta Freeman is going to find himself probably with a number of suitors, teams that maybe once offered him, teams coming back around right. um, on the idea, maybe even some new teams being open to the idea. Is Devonta Freeman a total difference maker? I'm not sure, but with the way running backs sometimes do fall, Adding more depth, potentially, at a reasonable price has to be enticing. Yeah, for sure. I think you've read these tea leaves correctly. You know, this idea of maybe Drew has helped him. The perception of the humble pie being eaten. Now I'm just ready to play for any team. When we went through that exercise, Kev, I remember we talked about Miles Sanders as a bell cow. But maybe not for long. Hour number two, baseball opening day. When we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 